Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 68 of An Untold Narrative. Uh, in this episode, uh, we feature somebody wildly unknown um, who goes by the name Hallway, um, but he is an amazing human uh, transforming the uh, NFT Web3 music space uh, with his company. Um, but we wanted to highlight, and we always highlight, uh, creatives from all different attributes and creative fields of music, of artwork, uh, of photography, videography, and everything in between. As long as they have a story, we're giving them the platform to share it. So, um, Hallway, you actually um, doxed or gave away your uh, name, so the people on YouTube are going to see that it says Josh's iPhone. So, Yeah, uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. I'm, might, might as well let it out, I guess. <laughs> so, At least well, they know what we're at least part of to sign a check over to. Yeah, exactly. Well, 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 welcome to the show. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you uh, wanting to jump on here and kind of share your story a little bit. Um, sure. I want to start with what's your 30 second elevator pitch about yourself? Because I, I just off camera, I was just telling you that I don't do any research on my guests. Usually I meet them through the internet of things. And then when I when I vibe with somebody, I'm like, you know what, this person's doing something really unique and authentic to themselves in the space. And so I want to give them a platform to share what they're doing. Um, but I don't really know too much about your background or anything like that. So how do you yeah, introduce yeah. yourself? Yeah, I'm a professional dot connector. So um, I am here. I'm here to help um, however I can. Um, other than that, like I've kind of existed in the blog space for a really, really long time and existed kind of like in this this weird intersection of like culture and mainly music and fashion. So, okay. Um, and what what do you think is your core like one skill set? Is it just bridging people together? Um, I I write, so I'm a, okay. I'm a I, I practice writing quite a bit, so I can do that. But really, yeah, just kind of bringing things together, curating curating relationships. Um, between people um it's like a it's like a and ring but on like a on a wide on a wider scope okay okay interesting and where where are you because i don't i don't think i've ever asked you the question like where in the world are you yeah 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 so i'm in salisbury maryland right now okay i have no idea where that is <laughs> yeah that's good that's good yeah it's a uh, lower eastern shore so close to delaware but um kind of out in the country kind of uh uh secluded and yeah i i love it and are, are, have you were you originally from there like how did you end up there because yeah I've yeah never so heard from, of that. i'm from i'm from a little town called federalsburg um it's like right at the right angle of delaware and maryland on the eastern shore so um yeah i i really am fascinated with you know bringing culture to my little hometown and and you know seeing sort of the reactions of you know like somebody who might just be a farmer their whole life hearing like a, a drill artist for the first time and seeing those sort of reactions have always been really fascinating to me that's so. incredible um where so you, you you grew up in maryland you started there what did you uh, you know what was what was like your background like was it like low-key was it small town yeah. was it what was your education like yeah 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 okay so so the linkedin um <laughs> in like a minute or two right like yeah 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 so um yeah small high school 
uh, I, one of my, like, one of my first experiences of realizing that I was like from the country was they would leave the doors open on the high school. So the, so if a deer would run in, it would run back out. Um, so this was like, I graduated in 03. Um, and randomly like, you know, we're between two cornfields. Um, and you know, it was like, (laughs) if, if, you know, if a deer got in there, you wanted to make sure that it would run back out. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I, where, where I grew up, it's not like the North or the South, right? It's like right in the middle. It's literally like on the Mason Dixon line. So like, you know, um, I kind of describe my, my upbringing through the music that, that I grew up with. Right. So like my, my mom, uh, my dad's a florist. He's been a florist for, you know, forever. Um, made it kind of on his own uh, right out of high school, no college. And um, so I've been in retail since I can breathe. Um, and, you know, my mom was, you know, just she was a pastry chef for a while. So she, I would wake up to like beignets and and then and, and, you know, so like. I I always had like this sort of like creative background where like my parents, they just created stuff with their hands. Right. So, um, beyond that, you know, I guess the music thing came from every Sunday. My grandfather was, uh, my grandfather's a Methodist minister. Um, and they would have Sunday dinners. Right. So after church, the whole family and anybody who decided to walk up could stop by and get a plate and then they would play music afterwards right and this happens i'm so let's see i'm late 30s which is terrible i don't know my age um but it's happened my whole life right so my grandparents have had this for over 40 years in in different places and you know it didn't really matter what walk of life you just showed up and there was a plate right so it's always been around music and fellowship has always been in my life since day one and um you know uh super small super small town um so one of my goals was getting out of high school was was to travel so i worked like three or four jobs um just to save money up to travel the world before i went to college so i went to like london and paris and um Spain just traveled Europe after um, high school after high school yeah wow good for um, you yeah yeah came back uh during the summertime and found out I was gonna have a kid um so my my son was born my freshman year of college at wow. Wesley um so you know you're just you just jump right in Wow, so, so, have, so you went you went from graduating high school to taking an excursion in Europe to yeah, yeah. a father in yeah. a very compact amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um I had a girlfriend of like two years and um yeah, we you know, we I, I took my trip after school and came back and came back to uh you're gonna have a baby in March. Right, so second semester of freshman, freshman year at college, wow. uh, 
since this was 03, my son's going in the Navy in August. Um, so wow. he's 18. And um, yeah, uh, let's see, 03. What, what, what was that like, right? Like you probably came off this high of, of Europe because I've been, I've traveled to Europe myself and I love it every time. Right. Like right. you come back and you're like, Oh, I'm feeling good. Like I'm going to go start college. Like I have this new energy amongst me and you come yeah. up with this news. Now some might treat it bad. Some might treat it. Well, like you're like, wow, I brought the, I'm bringing this human onto this planet. Like I got to reshift my life now um no that shit was gnarly i'm not gonna lie to you like it was definitely something where like you know we weren't together um you know we're close friends yeah. me and his mom we've co-parented for 18 years wow. um and super you know just good friends the whole time um and yeah no i just it's just a unique experience right like it wasn't, I, you know, I think that what it did was like, just expedite the process of being an adult, right? Like it was like, uh, it was like, you know, you go to school and sometimes for some people, I think it's like an extension of high school and it's just kind of like, well, let me ease into adulthood. This was kind of like, fuck that. Like you're jumping in the deep end, you know, like you're going crazy. So, um, yeah college was college was nuts you know it was like in between um I, so I, I went to a nursing school because it was close and um and I went for media arts <laughs> which is crazy right so but what I learned was like the opportunity was there for me to make a difference in a really really small mm. area right um like the first or second year i this was this would have been oh five um i was really into like online radio at the time right i was like man this is gonna take over the world this is gonna be fuck you know you're in college you're fucking you know you got a kid you're like you know at this time i'm just i'm energetic i'm ready to go and 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 then you know it's in between that and being like fucking exhausted it's no like in between right sure. um so at Wesley, it was, you know, it was, it was an interesting experience, right? It's a private school and it was like, um, you know, they were pretty open. They were expensive, which was, well, I was an idiot for that shit, but um, they were pretty open. I had a, a really dope professor named Mike Nielsen who really, um, you know, there was maybe 30 or 40 people in my major at this school. So like they had no reason to give us any money. And he basically, you know, kind of run it, ran it up the ladder to like, you know, we'll make this credited course if you can staff a full-time radio station in this like closet on the third floor of the main building. Um, and we did it. Uh, so it was, uh, it was an online radio station called W Extreme at Wesley College. Uh, it's accredited course now, so I'm super proud of that still. And you started. But that was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Me and like maybe six other people. And we were just like, we were just, we liked, we liked sharing music, you know? And that was kind of like my first step into like um, the blog space per se, right? And sharing music online and 
you know, because what I would do is I would be in like Nike Talk and OK Player and all these message boards and just be stoked to have other people. It'd be like finding your tribe all of a sudden and you're like, man, this is fucking amazing. You know, like you just just to talk to people who are different. Right. And like I had, um, like I said, my parents are super creative with, you know, my dad was a, a fucking flower designer forever. My mom worked with her hands. Um, and it was just like, oh, this is, this is dope. Like I like, you know, I used to go to, when I was a kid, I used to make mixtapes and sell them out of my locker. Sure. Um, when, uh, when high school came, by the time high school came around, um, I, I would sell CDs. Right. So like, I would, you know, burn mixtapes and everything. And I did that from like sixth grade to like 12th grade. I was stoked. Like, I was just like, man, I'm making five bucks for each one. <laughs> I had, you know, I had just, that's what I was known for, right? You know, you have like the kids that are known for different things. I was known for the guy that like, you can go get your music from, right? Early on. And like, I, I saw online radio as like this really cool, like distribution channel to just get it out far. Uh, but it wasn't there. So my big thing was like, man, I, if we can do this, like, I don't know. I was just so excited about being able to get it to go to a class and have it credited. And it was just me like making a radio station out of a closet. Totally. I mean, what, what a wild experience. Yeah. And a way, a way to dip your, dip your toes into like the music scene, essentially. What did yeah. you, what did you end up doing after college then? Did you? So, yeah. So this is, so after college, um, I was like, man, I got to start applying for like these websites, like, uh, uh, Wilmington, there was, uh, all hip hop. The guy that, uh, started all hip hop was out of Wilmington. And there was a ton of journalists like Bonsu Thompson and Jason Rodriguez. And some of these guys, they're all from like Delaware area. Right. Um, Tumabasa lives in, lives in Silver Spring. Like, there's a bunch of people from around here that got these crazy jobs. And uh, at the time I was like, I had no experience other than, other than that. Right. I had no experience writing. And I was like, man, I was working with a bunch of different producers and, you know, artists kind of flock to people locally that can like give them sort of a platform. And one of them was this guy heartbeat. <laughs> I'll never forget this guy. Um, he's a producer. And he was like, hey, you should go on these message boards and just write like fucking paragraphs of stuff and see if anybody who, you know, start making that, make your, um, it was really smart now that I think about it. It was like, you know, let's make your, your resume completely shareable, right? And this was like 05. Um, so I was just ru literally writing music reviews in OK Player message boards and myspace comments and sure. um you know all of these that was the, that was the one thing that i i i, I dipped my toes in right i would i would just go on somebody's myspace and just you know they had the little the little player i would yeah. just write a review and move on right so i play it write a review go and um at the time uh i met this guy mike wax and this other guy kings who is now kings is is uh, Scott Garrett Saxon. He's over at um, uh, Impermanent Digital now. So he's in Web3. Wow. Um, but at the time I met these guys and these, uh, Mike was in high school, right? And I didn't know that, but I was like, fuck it. Um, 
he had this idea for a blog and while you know it was just like all these guys writing in these message boards um and it was like fuck it why not right so at the time i didn't have a computer i was using the computer lab um at the college i couldn't afford that shit wick was hella expensive um you know you get an argument with somebody and now you can't use the food stamp card so like you, you know it was very much like I remember distinctly days of putting um, HTML and coding into Verizon chocolate phones. The you know my regular phone, so you, you got to do that. So doing that, doing WordPress on on Verizon chocolate phone, a little one that slot slid up, um, and I still have tapes like where I would interview. I interviewed Prodigy before he went to jail the second time. Um, I just started interviewing everybody that I could, right? I was like, let me just, the one thing that people don't do is they don't turn down talking about themselves. Right. So, uh, hence, here we are. But, here we um, are, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, I, I like, I always like just like talking to everybody, right? Like one of the, one, like, I guess a, a more frequent, ex or not frequent, like more, uh, uh, present example was I, my son had never gone to a big concert, right? And um, my friend Gene Dawson, his manager was like, hey, we're gonna be performing at something in the water, we'll get you the artist pass, the whole shebang, right? So my son is like, he didn't know this, but like, you know, he got to meet like Uzi and Tyler and all these people. Wow. And for him, it's like this really cool experience. But when we got there, it was like 90 degrees outside, super hot. And I was like, hey, man, like, go get this security guard a couple bottles of water after you walk through. Like, walk through, go find a tent or whatever, the little thing. Before you, like, freak out of all these different, like, artists just kind of walking around, go get this guy a water and, like, introduce yourself, right? And, like, it's always been that way, right? Like, I want to know the security guards. I want to know the 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 person that's handing water out. I want to know all of these people and I want to make sure I know their names. Right. Like, and for me, that's always been really important. Um, just making sure I know everybody's name that's putting equity and, you know, that's putting work in. And, um, you know, so I, I, I used to do that. I used to just talk to engineers. I used to talk to, you know, uh, security guards. I used to talk to weed guys. I used to talk to everybody. But like, and, where, where does that come from, right? Because like that, that like thought is yeah. sounds great on paper and in a podcast, right? But like, where, yeah. like at its core level, where did you learn to do that? So, um, when when I was a kid, you know, a lot of times we we think about Thanksgiving as um, I hadn't really thought about this till now, but every thanksgiving a lot of times you know as a family people would get together they'd have a meal with you well for our thanksgiving every year we would go to the church so my grandfather was a minister and they would make dinners and then me and this other guy mr bernard i don't remember his last name but he spoke uh he spoke uh french and where where we're from there's a big uh haitian population so what I would do every Thanksgiving and Christmas is ride with Mr. Bernard and carry these um, carry these meals that we would make 
and go in these like go in the neighborhoods where nobody wanted to go i'm like you know i'm like like i guess eight you know super young and just carry these these meals around these people you know like who may there might be 30 people in one spot right you don't know these people from a ham sandwich but you're like fuck it here's here's some food right so i think that like that kind of got me over the fear of like uh, I don't know you, so I'm not going to talk to you type of thing. Um, between that and then at my dad's flower shop, I was, he would have an open house every year and they would dress me up and put me at the front door and I would open the door for people and like introduce myself and kind of tell people where to go at the open house wow. the flower shop. So I think it was a combination of those two things where like, uh, you just don't give a fuck at a certain point, Dude, you know? That, that's so incredible. And the, 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 like when it sparks in my brain, and like, I don't, I probably don't go to the extreme levels of that you do. I think that's an amazing practice. Um, but you're, you're right, Luke, because especially in like, we're, we'll get to the web three era that we both live in. Yeah. But in this space, you never know what somebody's really like, or they sit behind this profile picture and you don't know what their net worth is. You don't know what right. they've actually accomplished in their life. You don't know how old they are. It's similar to your comment about MySpace. You don't know who, who's behind it, right? So the fact that you're willing to be kind enough to introduce yourself, try to get them a water, like learn about their life. Yeah. That must have presented so many opportunities over the course of your I've, I, my My whole life, has been built around that premise wow that's so, so incredible i got because chills what man. happens what happens man is it's not who these people are now it's who these people are going to be in 10 years right so this person in 10 years could be jid could be you know earth gang could be um chance the rapper could be whoever right so you just kind of like treat these people my thought always was I want to treat these people the same, with the same level of detail and respect as an upcoming artist with nobody in their corner um, that I would with like, if they're like, hey, Hallway, you're going to go interview Jay-Z tomorrow afternoon. And that to me has always been important, right? Like it's, it's not really, you know, uh, it was interesting to see backstage, like the, if you look at all the, like the the environment that's backstage it's like they wall everything off they say you can't go back here and so you're curious but then once you get back there you're like oh it's just these group of people that i can't get to walking around and drinking water and talking it's nothing really special um but you know i i, I think that like the people that are controlling and framing this they're always overlooked, right? They're mm. always kind of like, you know, oh, it's so-and-so or they're union workers or they're whatever, right? And it, it, for me, like, you know, I, I know big, like, I, it's exciting for me to get to like shout out like, like Big Sam that was at something in the water working the, on, the, on the sun stage, right? Like it's exciting for me because those people are super dope right like they might be working that shit 10 years from now and when i see him i'll know his name right and he might be the person to save my life if there's a shootout right like he might be the person that says like oh i know hallway he's good he can go he can go you know what it means so like 
he's actually he him to me is more valuable than little Uzi Bird or Tyler the Creator or these people are you know because you're gonna go back to these areas you're gonna go back to these local spots and you know these people may still be there you know or they're not or you see them in another context and they're doing really well for themselves and they're doing this and they're going to remember you for not for you being like, Oh, I'm so-and-so I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. No, like they're going to know you as just being a nice person. Right. And I think that's more important. Wow. That's incredible. I love that so much. That's definitely uh, I hope that's a key takeaway out of, out of this podcast for people is to just extend a hand and, and try to help as many humans on the, on as possible to, because you never know where it's going to go. And it's not like there's an expectation or, or, or something that you want in return. It's more of just, you don't know what's going to happen in five, 10 years. And, and that's the exciting part. Um, right. So t- talk about a little bit of, you know, let's, let's uh, skip a couple beats, but like, okay, you know, yeah. you, you work a couple jobs in the music scene, I assume. Um, yeah. What, what was your last job before you entered web three? Uh, before, let's see, before I entered web three, I was working in marketing for Coca-Cola. Uh, it oh, wasn't, wow. it wasn't anything crazy. It was, um, like after the blog thing and the music thing, um, I didn't really pursue anything with like DSPs or anything because they always felt weird. And like the label deals were always kind of like sticky and weird. Like there was no transparency to it. There was no kind of like, just didn't feel good, right? Like, so I didn't take the natural progression and go into like a label or go into like a brand as like a brand ambassador for somebody after the kind of the blogs kind of dissipated under the DSBs. Um, I, honest to God, I, I wanted to be closer to my son and out here there's no music industry, right? So there, you know, it was like, to me, it was like just time. It was just a time thing. It was like, let me, let me go get a regular job with a regular company um, after the blogs and let me just be here to be here every day with my kid. Um, between that, I just, I lived like kind of a weird world, right? Because like I'll, I'll have friends um, who are just, you know, they, I still like finding music. So like, I'll be working in in an office for Coca-Cola and I'll, you know, be finding these young artists or be listening to music the whole time. And instead of me doing anything, it'd be like, oh, you should probably talk to this person or you should probably talk to that person. Um, so I just kind of like dot connect with people. Um, but it was Coca-Cola. Yeah, it was Coke and I was doing marketing and sales. So I would be in the office part of the time. And the other part of the time, I'd be out in grocery stores uh, helping merchandisers and salespeople. Wow. I mean, what a, what a transition. What's one thing that you think you, you learned from that job that's helped you uh, in your kind of overall music-themed career, if anything? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't, get in a, don't get in a vacuum, right? Like, it, there's the real world is still moving, right? So no matter what you're doing, like in with the blog thing, you know, it's such a small, 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 small blip in the world that's happening around us that you, 
you tend to realize like the things that you think are really big or or like that are taking over all of the world are taking over about this much but it looks like this much when you're in it right sure so the the perspective of the general population and general public versus the music industry and and kind of scaling that or looking back at it and saying okay like um you know how do things go viral how do things move how do things shift and kind of the human dynamic right of that the everyday person the everyday man woman um you know everyday you know person that's that's out here working check to check that's going through life um there's more of them than there are creatives so understanding that and knowing that you know and not becoming super uh yeah closed off yeah no i love that that's not the answer i was i didn't have an expect expected answer but that was not it that was awesome um yeah. i definitely agree with you what um what made you leave that job and then start float or was there something in between of that got you yeah yeah no okay so um one of the things i did like parallel to this to coca-cola was um there was an app called station head that was like a was like a radio that where you know it's i won't go into the depth of that there's people have google um uh he um my bad you know you get a text message and it's like crazy um so i worked parallel with that and i was doing programming for station head with a friend of mine named andre o'shea and um dre and me we would do we did four shows uh we did programming and we kind of built try to build like sort of a, uh a system for them right um so we're doing this or whatever and we do it for about a year and some change and and it just kind of it didn't it didn't work out but me and dre are really close so um I just went back to my regular like nine to five and Dre went off and did creative shit. Cause that's who he is. Right. He builds community and does creative shit, which sounds like web three. And it was right. So he was doing NFTs and he, he, you know, he hit me and was like, Hey, you should really be over here. And I was like, okay, sure. So I just started showing up. I went in discord instantly hated discord with a passion cause it felt it, <laughs> It, it felt so felt so congested and felt like too much but i was like all right i'll be here i'll check in with people blah 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 um so yeah like got into got into web3 through dre and then through that then different people kind of said hey um you should link up with aj and i was like okay cool so i linked up with him in october and of by 21? December 21 yeah October and who, and who is who is AJ to all of these people I guess like how why why were they like me AJ so and yeah them, yeah for those who who aren't familiar AJ was going to join us but uh unfortunately was traveling uh he's yeah your your business partner uh, yeah but like who who is AJ to them and who was AJ to you at the time got you yeah so AJ, everybody that I talked to would always tell me they'd be like, hey, AJ is 
the finance guy. Like he's really smart at money. So you need to go talk to him. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, I just want to do a podcast or a blog in this space. And uh, at the time, uh, I was just kind of like meandering around trying to figure it out, talking to hella people. Cause I, that's what I do. I just talk to everybody. So digitally I do the same thing. Like, I don't care who you are. I'll just kind of engage in a conversation. And, um, yeah, just kind of like, I can't remember exactly, but just kind of linked up with him. And, um, I guess to them, he was like, he had had this wall street experience. Right. So he had been, he had, he had like managed a shitload of money. And so to these, to, to those people, they're like, this guy's the goat. Like, this guy is the man. He's super young. And so I was like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I linked up with him in October and I found out he was in DC. So I'm like, I'm from far away. Yeah. I'm from the ilk where, if you're an hour away from me, I'm getting in the car. I'm coming to see you. hundred percent. So, uh, he turned out, he was like two hours from me, but still at the time gas prices were feasible. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me go to DC. And I realized really quickly that this guy was not only super smart, but, um, he kind of knew he had a plan. And for me, that's always been important right? You can be smart. You can be come from a crazy background. You can build, you can come from working at a crazy company, but like doing this shit independently and not having a plan is like, you know, uh, can mean a world of difference. Yeah. So one of the, I mean, the difference between a, a good idea and a great idea is execution behind it. Right. So exactly. What, um, yeah. So, so you guys, you guys met, I mean, pretty much nine months ago let's call it and uh mm -hmm. wh whose idea was it to start float and kind of how so, did how did it begin yeah so float had already been going on right oh in, in some capacity he was the founder and there were these people around him um v and some of these uh oh, what's the other guy's name it's terrible miles just trying to make sure I get people's names right. But there are, all, there are different people kind of floating in and out, right? Uh, no pun intended. Um, and they were, you know, there was sort of this idea of what, of like a playlist protocol or something like that, right? And I came to AJ with my, with like, with my background and I said, hey, like, can I do a blog here? And he's like, well, I know that people from Mirror, so let's, you should go to Mirror you should talk to them, da, 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 da. But then he said, listen, if he's like, um, you can either build something on your own and I'll help, you know, I'll support that or you can help me build this, right? And I was like, okay, this guy knows finance more than me. He knows money more than me. I'll go over here and help you build this mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to building my own thing. Um, and so January, uh, I quit everything and i was like all right here we go like <laughs> you know um once i knew the ethos and i knew all of what was going on i was like okay this is up my alley right like helping people out connecting dots uh transparency like it was kind of everything that the sort of mixtape culture and wild west of the blogs and 
you know, post Napster in between DSPs was, right? It was like this, you can be as creative as possible and you can give attribution to people and it can be programmatic and it can work in a, in a way that felt really good. So I was like, coming into this, I'm like, all I really want to do is solve a problem, right? So we, instead of us like saying, we're going to be this protocol or we're going to be this or we're going to be that, like, I was like, let's figure a problem. Like, let me go back through all of my years and dig into my brain and be like, what's one problem that's really fucking bad from this world that can be solved with something in this world? So, um, and so what is, what is the ethos of float? uh surround in terms of problem solving so the the ethos of float in problem solving is that's a good question you know people say that's a good question when they don't know the answer off the top of their head because you know i i've obviously been uh getting to know both of you aj and hallway uh, yeah. over the past few months and what I've realized, you know, is, is you guys are building this massive community around music and NFTs and Web3 and trying to do things differently from the traditional way of record labels and all these other things. And then yeah. just like dropping new music in the Telegram group and all these other things. And so yeah. um, you're clearly building something and what is that, I guess, main problem you're Yeah, so, so the 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 thing that we're building is uh i want to be the first decentralized major label um that's what i think float is going to be um right now i mean that's you know i think like um i saw a picture of twitter early on right and it looked completely different so this may evolve into something else but the ethos is um getting musicians paid right getting them compensated um, getting them web two distribution with web three financial and technical mechanics around it. Um, so like, you know, I want to see, uh, so the problem that I saw initially was submissions, right? Like if you go to complex right now, or you go to one of these big places, you got to know somebody or you got to send it to an email, which is basically dumping it in the trash bin outside. Right. So it's the same thing. So I said, man, like, that's why the first thing we, we tried to build was this curation engine, was this sort of idea that anybody can drop something in here and somebody who has some sort of stature, some sort of track record can go in here and co-sign it publicly. You know, so if I'm a kid, I'm making music out of my bedroom, I've, you know, there's nothing holding me back from putting it on SoundCloud, from getting it on all these other places. But the big thing is, getting it to these publications, getting it to these places that are the catalysts of, of shifting culture still happens through submissions that go to an email, right? Still goes to a dark, uh, you know, to a black hole. And um, so for that, we started to dig into that. We're like, okay, we're a curation protocol. Like we're, you know, or we're, we're helping things become more transparent and solving that. And we got into that we were like okay well if we're doing this to help artists get drops then who what does drops really well well music labels they do drops really well they know how to drop music they know the science behind getting things done for years and that's 
you know, for me, I'm like, okay, well, if I make the difference is they're using TikTok and they're using these social places to gauge what assets to accelerate. And for me, I'm like, well, uh, what if we had the best, a curated group of people co-signing stuff and there was a mechanism for the next person to slide in here based off of their taste. So like 15 year old kid, no money, internet connection and a wallet can start submitting music. And if me, you, AJ, Jacob from Pigeons and Planes, uh, you know, people that are in this industry can, will co-sign it publicly. Enough of those co-signs will, will let this kid come into this group. Right. Right. So that to me is a way to kind of keep the machine moving and a way for us to say the community wants this. Once it hits a certain threshold, we'll take it to market. And the next sort of iteration of that is kind of happening now with our, with Zora. Right. So we're working with, with Zora and with our, uh, our devs, shout out Uncle Mikey and Outreach and Acid Punk and who else, who else? Theo, <laughs> amazing group of people, right? And what, what I want this to be is like nouns for music, right? I want the, back in the day when the blogs decided that something was dope, they all kind of, wrote about it and did all these yeah. things right um i want that to be on chain right i want curation to be on chain and i think there's a lot of different people trying to do something but the reality is like it needs to be permissionless right. it needs yeah. to be programmatic it needs to happen so um once a certain amount of cosigns happens if it's a file upload then it goes right to market starts the auction and it's, it goes all the way through. So for me, it's a way to have permissionless curation in a space that desperately needs it. Wow. And yeah. you know, I, I'm so happy that you came on at this point too, because like you guys have barely begun, right? So yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. we're still for... super early. Everybody says we're early, but we're still very early. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's, that's going to be a company that I start somewhere. I'm going to make something still very early. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. I mean, it's, uh, it's an exciting time, you know, for, for our listenership. And a lot of it's, you know, from the footwear background, because that's, that's my background, right? But I always try to branch out into these new spheres uh, and ecosystems, you know, and, and music obviously is such a huge inspiration to every creative field. And so for those... Um, who are just discovering you um, or or float? Um, I do want to uh, have a couple more questions as we wrap this up. One, where yeah. can people find information out about it? Right, one one you and then two float. Yeah, yeah. So me, I'm hallway finds on Instagram and Twitter, um, and I'm gonna start doing. Uh, shout out to Yuri Beats from Zora and FWB and our Telegram. Shout out him because he has kind of pushed me to just start creating again. Like one of my favorite things was like Matt putting up mashup mixtapes and uh, just like one of my favorite things in the world was when Mick Boogie was doing that and Terry Urban and all those guys who were doing mixtapes and it would just be like, what's a cool concept for something? All right, we're gonna go make it. Fuck it, right? Like they, Terry, Terry Urban has a, has a mixtape called Southern Gold 
and it's literally all Santee Gold and all Southern rap. And it shit's amazing. And it's not on DSPs. It's on like random YouTube. It's spread throughout, but it's there, right? Even it, and that's the thing. Like, even if the labels or other people want to step in, it doesn't fucking matter at a certain point. Once it's out there in the world, it's out there in the world and whoever wants to find it can find it. It's always been that way. Um, so with, let me go back because I get on tangents. So with, uh, with Float, you can go to float.xyz. Uh, August 15th, we're running toward sort of a soft launch where we, you know, we're building a bridge to Zora. We're, um, you, we're doing a curate to earn our token, right? So you can't buy our token. That's the best part about this shit, right? Is the fact that if you know good music and you think you have good taste, you can drop something in the float.xyz and the community will then vote you in. Wow. Right? And, and that's you how you earn is a that, float. That, is that from like the artist perspective or anybody who just discovers that's music? Anybody, right? Anybody. And theoretically, you can drop any link into our curation engine. Um, we're working so if you, we just got file uploads. Thank you. Um, so I'm super stoked about that because then if you're an artist and you want to find a signal to see if people want this as an NFT, you can drop that file in, it can get voted up and then it can go right into Zora's market. Wow. Um, and then, and just for, for people's clarity, float is spelled P H L O T E. Correct. Yeah, P H L O T E dot X Y Z. So definitely, check, XYZ. definitely yep. check it out. Um, I have a and we have a secret we have a secret blog called No Promo that if you can figure out where to find it, it's a, we. So here's the thing, right? Like I love Easter eggs, right? I love Easter eggs. I love just building stuff and tossing it out somewhere. Like because truth be told, nobody would know about like Yams Tumblr or some of these other tumblers because they would never really promote this like here's my shit da 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 they would just make cool shit and people would eventually find it and then they say hey have you seen so and so's this that's how the cool shit worked not the other way around not like let me promote my shit let me it didn't work like that you, you just had people doing cool stuff and eventually people came to it and was like oh yo you know what's crazy like this like right. you know finding so finding shit is really dope it's really cool it's always been cool so like we have a secret blog it's out there it's called no promo if you can find it we don't promote it <laughs> so it's kind of counterproductive but you know what like it I, i'm excited about it i get excited about the cool like the little shit the stuff that like you know as a kid you're like um you know like when you found a mixtape or you found an album and you're like fuck this is crazy you want everybody to know about it, right? Or everybody within your circle to know about it. Maybe not the whole world, right? Because then it spoils it. So, you know, that's what I like. That's, that's what I like. That's why I started the, that's why we started the Telegram. Because it's like, I just want to get all these good people in one room. Yeah, 100%. I, I, uh, I shared that feeling as well. I mean, that was, that was the beauty of MySpace back in the day, too. Of yes. Covering music and then sharing it and just being like, check out this artist. You know, I back in, high, in middle school and high school, I was an emo kid. So, like, it was all... Oh, shit. Yeah, it, it was all that music that I would discover. And uh, it, that, was, that was a fun era, for sure. What was um, the, the go-to? What was the go... I'll, I'll give you a go-to album, because Sundays are cleaning the house. 
thank the Lord I have a small house. But Sundays are cleaning the house. I'll give you my go-to cleaning the house album if you give me your go-to album from back then. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Uh, well, my favorite artist back then was Brand New. Um, okay. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Um, no, but I'm, I'm going to – that's like the worst Googleable name. But <laughs> No, if you Google <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty tough. They are they they are retired um, now. They don't they don't exist anymore. But they had a ton of uh, my uh, my favorite album was called "The Devil and God." Um, Holy shit! That is that is the most emo name album you could put out too. But uh, but yeah, check out Brand New. Um, I'm a I'm a big big fan. Still, I've seen them like live like 18 times. Um, Holy shit! Good for you. Yeah, I traveled. I traveled down down to Maryland, uh, Philadelphia, all over yeah. all over the United States to see them. It was pretty crazy. But um, we, I got one more question for you. I've been asking all my guests this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of late, um, if you know, I've been thinking a lot about the, the the concept of time, and I I've come to peace with the fact that if if I died today or tomorrow, I'd be okay with it. I've lived a lifetime a few times. I've accomplished a ton with my life. I'm completely fulfilled in a lot of different attributes. What is, what is the, the thing that you want to be remembered for once you're gone? Like, what do you want people to say about hallway um, or, or remember about you uh, when you're no longer here? Oh man, fuck. That's a deep one. Um, yeah. So that he did change. Right. Like, you know, I think a lot of times you're like, you know, we talk about like, you know, don't change or like, don't, you know, always be like that, you know, 10 toes down, be that, be that person all the time. But I think that, you know, that I actually did change, um, that a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I just help people. Right. Like, uh, I just like to help people. And I think that's what I want to be remembered for. Um, that and he, and he put him, he put a lot of people on to good music. I love that. That's a, that is a great thing to be remembered by. Um, hallway, uh, thank you, dude. This has been amazing. I loved your yeah. energy throughout this show. Um, oh this man, episode sixty-eight of an untold narrative. This has been a gem for sure. I appreciate <laughs> you, man. Yeah, yeah. No worries. <laughs>